in pajamas. We are so happy to have you here at our ultimate slumber party. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anissa Reddicks, and I'm joined here by our other co-host, Dr. Angela Reddicks. Yes, I am happy to be here with you all. Oh my goodness, there's so much hustle and bustle going on as we prepare for the holiday season. Absolutely. We had a great Thanksgiving. We just, I just enjoyed being around family. I had a small gathering. We normally have tons of family. Let's just understand, I am uh, the first granddaughter of a family of 10. And so there are a million cousins and in-laws and all of that. Um, and so normally we all get around the table, as you know. And so this year we had a very small, intimate gathering uh, with my husband's family. How did you like uh, Thanksgiving this year? Oh, it was fantastic. We're starting to rotate who's cooking what dishes. So I got to cook. My younger sister got to cook. Yes. So it was a big family there. Yeah, so Thanksgiving, time for creating legacy and so we are passing down recipes and so um, great time to fellowship and just enjoy each other so I'm delighted that we are able to bring another individual into our tribe we have Arthur Q yeah but that's all right that was close yes it that's was. good yeah with us today and um, just so delighted to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, ladies, for the invite. So what is your pajama story? We're all here decked in our pajamas. What do pajamas mean to you? Chill. That moment where you finally just, where you took that bra off. And every woman know what that moment means when you take that bra off. You ain't going nowhere. You done. You're free, honey. Yes, I. So <laughs> it's it's literally that, um, that moment where you finally are stopping to smell your roses, where you do get to finally sit still and breathe because we don't do that enough. But that's what these pajamas mean to me. Absolutely. Phenomenal. You know, yeah. when we started this program, when we came up with the concept power in pajamas um, is, you know, women, we are powerful in our households. I always say we create the culture of Absolutely. our homes Absolutely. and our homes create the cultures of our neighborhoods mm -hmm. and our neighborhoods, the city and so on and so on. And so when we don't take time to rejuvenate that power, then we de deplete everything that's in us. Absolutely. Um, and so this is an opportunity for us just to lay back, lay back, sit back. <laughs> Get and cozy. Just, oh. <laughs> Thank you. And connect um, without having to think about, okay, what 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 you gonna put on, mm -hmm. you know? So we can just uh, equalize things yeah. you know, in our pajamas and just have conversations. I so tell us your story. Poof, what part of it? Lord God. Okay. Um, so I'm that I'm that girl who grew up straight out of the streets, oh. North New Jersey. It ain't that cute, but it's the bomb to me, right? That was my home, Brick City. Um, but I grew up having two parents who were incarcerated most of my life, in and out. Um, as a matter of fact, my mother goes to court in two more months, February 5th. We will be going to court to figure out what's happening with her trial. So even till today, 2018, is something that I still battle with as a 
child on up. Mm -hmm. um, and so growing up there, having those two kind of in and out, um, having some substance issues and things that they were dealing with there with drugs, um, not really alcohol, but certainly drugs was a heavy mm -hmm. thing for them. Um, and then outside of that, really just trying to navigate through life and family, trying to help, not really knowing how to help. Because up there, which is like many other communities, incarceration is normal. Uh -huh. You know, what, what is there to talk about? Your mom locked up. She in jail. And that's just that. Not a sit down, not a conversation, nothing else. And so that was for me. And I was the only child. I am the only child. Talking about was. <laughs> I am the only child. Um, and so I had to really figure it out on my own in a sense. So a lot of times, even now in life, when people say, man, you're so strong. God, you're so independent. I didn't have a choice. Or I did have one, but I chose this ride versus just laying in what I was going through at the time. And so, yeah, that's really that. Um, I had to really navigate through my pain and figure out what my purpose was. I laid in it enough until one day it was time to certainly jump up and say, okay, what are we going to do? And if it wasn't for, honestly, me being terminated, which is the craziest thing, um, that actually pushed me right through where I needed to be. Because because of everything I had gone through, my hopes and dreams was just to open a little childcare, start childcares around the world, make children safe, feed them, make them, you know, find adults they could trust. Um, and that was it. And when I was at the top of my game, they came in and said, oh, not no more. We letting you go. And I said, God, what's up? What we doing? Uh, you, I thought this was what I was doing here. And that wasn't the case. There was something more I was supposed to be doing. Not that I didn't know it, because we all know. And sometimes he got to push you out of that. And so that's just what he did. And um, let's say that was what, March 17th, 2014. Mm. By November of that next year, I had my first book out, Amazon bestseller, self-published. By that following year, had another book out, was in a movie documentary, traveled around the world on a national tour, speaking engagements, building my business, etc. So from that, we just became from... The girl who goes from North all the way to Uganda and around the world doing what we do. So, That's yeah. so incredible. Yeah. So at our nonprofit, we work with middle school girls, teaching them about entrepreneurship. Nice. And we go to communities where uh, they have the highest rate of children living in poverty. And something wow. we always talk about is the cycle. Yeah. And so I'm sure in your research and your work and your writing and in your experiences, you really understand how the cycle works. So why do you think you had the inner strength to not fall into a cycle? Um, I honestly think it was just my choice. I, I honestly, there is not a thing in the world to prove me different. I believe that we're all born with that. We just choose because it's hard to stay down, just like it's hard to pick yourself up. But it's all in what you choose is going to be the hard you select, right? And so for me, I chose the hard that's going to take me up. I chose the hard that's going to have my children look at me different. I chose the hard that's going to have my children never know what it's like to ride behind a police car like I had to do, where my children would never have to give blood for me so I can have money. I chose that hard. And as hard as it is for me, I still choose it every single day. Even now, I have to still make the choice because it's not like that addiction spirit that's in all of them isn't in me. Mm -hmm. I have to make the choice on what I want to do. And many things in life that we are faced with, it all is really a choice. Um, and so really, and I guess really the biggest thing for me, I'm a believer. I love everything about God. I ain't no super holy rolling, but I love the Lord. And I firmly believe that if it wasn't for that foundation, I would be so lost. I don't know how people do it for real. But without that and me knowing, okay, God, you got me. Okay, so when your word says that all things do work together, it really is? Okay, got it. Because now as I look back, I think about everything I had gone through. 
And now every person that I affect and infect with positivity and I'm able to help them change their life, I know, wow, okay, if it wasn't for me crying then and suffering then and getting over it then, now I wouldn't be able to talk to them. So, yeah. Your beginning does not have to be your ending. Does not. And your story definitely speaks to that. Yeah. You know, since the moment I met you, you have this joy mm. that just resonates from you. So not even knowing your story, it. it is amazing how we have the strength yeah. to not wear that. Mm -hmm. You know, as almost, you know, the, the, when you come in the door, you know that there's someone gone through something. Now, yeah. we know, we live long enough, you know, everybody yeah. has gone through something. Yeah. But the joy that you speak from, even when Ooh. you told your story, it wasn't from a space of being a victim. No. But having the victory. Absolutely. And so I'm wondering if you could speak to um, those who are listening. We always say this program of would be for five-year-old girls, 55-year-old women, 105-year-old yeah. women. The thing about being a woman is just that. Yeah. You're constantly trying to rise. So I'm wondering what you said you made a decision. You Absolutely. made a choice. Yeah. So what are you doing today mm -hmm. based on your background, what you've gone through, to ensure that others don't have that same role? Ooh. So I have started my company and in that the ECE firm where we empower communities everywhere. Um, I do life coaching, business coaching, and I ensure that women truly understand their power. But first healing from inside. So author Q is what I said to call me, not necessarily because I'm this amazing author. I know I am, but not because of that. Right. But because I know that my purpose is to help other people change their story period. And to help you truly heal from that childhood stuff, I'll let everybody else deal with everything else. I know my assignment is to help you realize that little Angela needed to heal before she becomes Dr. Angela. Otherwise, she gets stuck somewhere in between and never even see what that role looked like. She saw it in her head, but she never really see it. Right. And so that's what I do in that, that realm. I, yeah, it's good to have a business, but anybody can make money. But how do you keep money and how do you really impact those lives? So healing is really what it's all about, really showing them how to do that. Because it's a constant thing. Every single day, I have to choose whether or not I want to stay in this healing space or just flip out. Because I still get phone calls. My family's still half crazy and half okay. You know, it, it still is what it is. And so in doing that, um, in going to the jails that I do um, weekly, I've started a, um, a whole program called Parents in Behind Bars. And that's something that we're creating and licensing it now so that we can get it distributed out and beyond so that it can be a curriculum in all prisons and jails mm -hmm. so that they can learn how to parent right from where they are. Because the reality is, I don't care whether you've never seen a jail cell in your life. If you're not involved with your children, you're just there, right? We can buy stuff for our kids all day long. We can give them presents. But if we don't give them our presents, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. So if I can teach a woman behind a jail cell how she can parent her kid right from that phone, right through her letters, then I think right there, I'm doing something for her that her children will thank her for later. Then outside of all of that, we have the nonprofit organization called Building Resilience in Communities, where every year um, we do some stuff around the holiday times just to remind those children that they're not alone, they're not forgotten about, and we give the parents some type of oomph again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, I know you can't afford it, but 
we got some folks who'll step in for you and they get to write a wish list. And when we deliver those gifts, we say, hey, your mom wanted you to know she didn't forget about you. Here you go. She sent me right here for you. And the looks on those children's faces, I like yours, like, are you, do you know my mom? And I'm like, heck yeah. And I probably ain't never met her before. But I'm going to say that because I know that feeling. I know what it's like to be that kid and get stuff off the angel tree. And you looking like, what the heck is these orthopedic shoes? I can't do that with these. So I make sure that those children get stuff that I knew I wanted. And and really, that that's really it. And everything I do, whether it's a Facebook Live, whether it's meeting somebody in person, Anything that I can do to really just help you see that, hey, you are you are the bomb. Like, okay, you messed up. It's cool. Let's jump back in it because life goes on. So yeah. as you go about building your brands and your businesses, what mm -hmm. has been the most surprising part of the entrepreneurship thus far? <laughs> Girl, how much time we got? Um, I will honestly say the most surprising is... How many imposters are out here? Wow. It, it really does surprises me because to me, healing is no joke, mm -hmm. right? And I don't believe that I can help you heal if I'm not healed. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I can help you fix your credit if my credit jacked up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I am just astounded at how many people just up and jump and say, this is what I'm going to do today. Right. And how many people flock to it because we all have a desire mm -hmm. and want hope. It's just like we look at our grandparents when they used to buy the oil and the water from the people off TV, right? We'd be like, now for real, what are you buying that water for, girl? Uh -huh. You know you're not going to get a $100 million check in the bank because this man said he's going to send you some holy water from Jerusalem. Uh -huh. But yet, that's what people do. They don't fact check. They don't do their homework. They ain't looking up nobody. They're not Googling anymore. It's just... They're jumping out there. So to me, that was very surprising. And I was just like, wow, no, you need to ask more questions because I like to give more so that my clients understand what they're getting involved in. And they're always like, oh, my, I'm not used to this. Well, you should be. And I always make sure I let them know, hey, you don't have to work with me, but you need to work with somebody. And, and, and to the point, it's surprising to see people who don't think they need somebody to help them in their business. That blows my mind because I know I need it. Do you need it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Part of doing this is, you know, I, I um, we're starting right here at Hampton Roads because we know that there are just secrets, yeah, hidden secrets, hidden nuggets in Hampton Roads, and then we'll be interviewing people beyond Hampton Roads. But um, we want to connect with women right yeah. here. <clears throat> I can tell you, on each of these episodes thus far, I've learned. Nice. So you know, we've never. We're never at a place where we can stop learning. Absolutely. I think if you're going to be living, living is learning. Yes. Um, so I value just connecting with other women who, you know, through your story already nice. have learned some things because that wasn't my story. Mm. But I do have a story. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. It's, even if that's not the story, there's so much that we connect on. Being yes. an only child, I yes. too am an only child. Nice. So I want to segue there a mm -hmm. little bit. And um, given the circumstances of your parents, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, I am the product of a teenage mother. Mm. My mother went away for me, not incarcerated, but she went away because she went to university, University wow. of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the reason they're not there, not having your mother at a very young age, yeah. there's something that happened, not to mention your father, but there's something that happens <clears throat> Um, and finding your identity and your self-worth. Yeah. Because the very first people that show you that 
great job, you just started walking. Great job, you know, you just started talking your first words. If that isn't your your mother and your father, there's something that happens to us as individuals in trying to find who we are in this world. Yeah. So then you begin becoming a mother yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd love to share on that level because, you know, as I've gone throughout um, our program and talked to our middle school girls, mm-hmm. so many of them shared the experience of being raised by their grandmother. Wow. And, um, and so I'd love to help them look into their future. Yeah. That you're going to be okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. So how were you able to get a grip on who you are and that your parents really don't completely define who you are, uh, you know, beyond, that's not your normal belief. Right. You believe your parents helped to develop who you are. Yeah. But as you're speaking from the little girl mm-hmm. who now grew up, mm-hmm. and now you are helping so many others mm-hmm. who would, who may have uh, similar situations. What was your uh, method to figure out who you are and your value to this world? Um, I would say for me, uh, it it didn't really happen until later. Mm-hmm wish it was sooner god which is why we work so hard right um but it it really was this whole like i have a whole system uh if then and so right if then and so so for me if i already know your behavior then there should be some kind of way i should come up with a boundary for you so that i can live my life better Right. And so whether you are elementary, middle, high or college, you know, the basics of that. One thing that I've learned in this journey is that people who are toxins in your life and that cause the most disruption to your peace, they're very, very consistent. They don't change their behavior. They're always going to call you big for money. They're always going to call you. (laughs) They always go. You know, the the call is always going to be the same. The text is always going to be the same. But you get to choose then and so, how are you going to respond to those things? And so for me, I think that was the biggest takeaway. And and what's funny is I didn't learn that until going through with my son, who's, Lord, a teenager now. And that took me a while to right. even understand that. Um, but when he was younger, he didn't talk till he was four years old. So me having this whole, I got a whole early childhood background, working on a doctoral degree and all this good stuff is all pretty. But I had a son who didn't talk till he was four. And so going through all the special education and things with him, IFSPs, IEPs, et cetera, I remember doing this with him. And it didn't click with me until now to say, oh, my, what if we put people in these columns? What if we put their behaviors in these columns and then created a plan of how we would deal with them? And it blew my mind. And ever since then, it's been working for me and everybody else I come in contact with. So if those girls would simply just do that, it would change everything for them because they're in the house. They're going to feel what they feel and nobody's going to be able to change that but them. But if they can change how they allow themselves to be as open. So I had to learn early to stop expecting. I had to learn early to stop depending. So when you call and tell me you're on the way to my graduation and you don't come, I'm not sitting in the stands looking like I did. I had to learn after that. Hey, when they say they come in, just say they're going to try real hard. 
And that's what I had to learn. So even now with my children, when grandma or granddaddy say, hey, we on our way, we coming. They don't show. To this day, they do that. And I tell my kids when they hang up, that means they're going to try, guys. Because a little kid in me still knows that. But I had to learn that. So for them, they have to learn and accept those behaviors that one day they might change. But for right now, you have to do what you need to to protect yourself. Yeah. Two things I hear. Boundaries. Yes. And level setting expectations. Absolutely. You know, and there's nothing wrong with us explaining to the world what our expectations are. Absolutely. Um, but also we have to recognize that people may not live up to our expectations. Ooh, that's a big one. And we have to manage our own emotions. Yeah. We're responsible for our emotions. But you know where that comes from? Mm -hmm. It's the funniest thing. Media. We see in our friends and healthy families, oh my, you compare yourself to a healthy family. Your family ain't healthy, girl. How you gonna do that? Yeah, the mama come home and she cook dinner and she make them little cookies. She been at home all day, her husband go to work. You know, their family healthy. Yours not healthy. You know, so you, you expect them to do that every day and then you are on a 10 and you bring yourself back down because they don't do it, right? Because she coming in and she rushing and she trying to help and cook to get y'all in the bed right. so she can get ready to go to work the next day. You just pissed about that. Right. Not understanding the struggle that she even deals with because if we really went into it deep enough, you would know your family have a story too. Right. And that's the only reason I was even able to forgive my parents. Understanding their story, I had to backtrack. What have they gone through? Who raised them? Because my grandmama, White Glove Usher, won't always save the Holy Ghost field. Wow. Huh? <laughs> that lady, bless her heart, she won't always like that. Mm. Right? And so you have to think about that. Who raised them? What things were they around? What things do they still have to heal from? And because they haven't, now they're passing it on. Right? Because we know that their drama became our trauma. And then when we don't fix our stuff, it becomes our children. And we sit here and look at the world like, the world is messed up. What's going on with these presidents? No, no, it's your family. Because if your family was straight and their family was straight, our community would be straight. Yeah. Wow. So, everything you just said, that's really <laughs> As you go into being a mother, how do you balance that and carry that weight and all that knowledge in your head and then go and raise your kids? What kind of conversations do you have with them about okay. this kind of stuff? Um... As real as I can be, to be honest. For the most part, I think at first I tried to protect them, especially when it came down to issues with my mom. But when you're dealing with somebody like my mom, it's going to come out anyway. So, prime example, she told my son, your mom would just keep on just making me depressed. I make her depressed, right? Because she keep on just telling me that I'm using drugs and I know I'm not using drugs. So please talk to her, get her to... Now, at the time, he was 12. Right? This is what she's telling him. So he comes to me. Mom, can you please stop it with grandma? Just give her a chance. She's not using drugs. Why would you make her depressed, mom? And he is hurt. And I finally had to say, well, actually, grandma is on drugs. Right? And when people are on drugs, they don't want you to believe they are. And so I had to have that conversation. And so when it comes up to the real stuff, I just have to give it to them just like it is. They know with my what all of my books are about. They've been, like my daughter played me as the child eating the mayonnaise sandwich in the movie because that's the kind of food we had. While she was out stealing, it was nothing in the house. So mayonnaise and bread, let's do it. Syrup and bread, let's have it. And in the movie, she had to bite the sandwich. And she said, do I have to swallow it? Please tell me I don't have to swallow this. I said, girl, it's almost like a turkey sandwich. Be quiet. It's just missing the turkey. 
<laughs> but in all of that, you know, they, they get the real from me only because I want them to understand what life is really about and, and appreciate what they do have. So even in a, any give back and anything that may happen to me that may hurt, it may take me a minute to process it, to deliver it to them, but I still do in some form or fashion because all conversations can be had with children. Just need to be had on their level. Just like telling the kids your parents in jail, it's a way to say it. You don't have to let, you know, put scared straight on and say, look, your mama in there with one of them. That's gonna scare anything. But they should know something, you know? And I think, and I think that's it for me. Just being honest with them when they ask like that, ask me every Friday, Mom, how was the jail today? Did the lady last week who said this, was she still there? Is she doing better now? So they they get into the swing of things. But just being honest and having that conversation works for us. You are a wife, oh, a Lord. mother. So what were you looking for? Given, you know, your background. Yeah. What were you looking Ooh. So what I was looking for in the beginning was an issue because I was looking for somebody to save me. Mm -hmm. Right. I was looking finally for somebody to come and rescue me and free me of everything that I had been through in my life. I was looking for somebody to literally put me on the chariot and take me away. And we were just going to live happily ever after. That's what I was looking for. Did I get it? <laughs> I love him. and He's amazing. But I didn't get quite that. Um, and even in that, you know, marriage has gone through some things we have, you know, said, forget about it a few times um, and then come right back to where we need to be with making sure we keep God first. I think that was most important for us. So even in that, at first needing somebody to save me and understanding nobody could do that, wanting him to love me in a way that I didn't even love myself. And so therapy and self-help and really traveling on that road for me was important so that our bond could actually be something because before that, oh, we were just going against each other, not understanding that, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. You, you guys can go together, it's okay. But it took some some healing even then, yeah. You know, I, I, I wanted to speak to that because, you know, young girls, they have their mindset mm -hmm. on what love really looks like. Oh God. And what their mate looks like. You know, I, I'm proud that in April we'll celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah, that's and amazing. Coming from you know not really having an example of yeah. what marriage really looked like. Mm -hmm. You know, my my uh, my aunt's uh, and uncle in D.C. I kind of had a picture from that, so that became the image of what I would look for. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first day on campus, uh, I met this gentleman who I said I would never connect with mm -hmm. romantically. And he, he kept at it, he kept at it. And so I, um, you know, it doesn't always look like you thought it would. You know, I That's thought it was a preppy, this, this, I mean, just walking with a, I've always known I was gonna be in business. Uh -huh. So I, I just thought he would have a briefcase on campus. I don't know what Right, right. But he was kind of wilding out a little bit. So <laughs> I, I just wasn't that girl. I was like straight and narrow. And he yeah. was like breaking every rule you could Oh, find. Lord. You know, and so, but something about him, um, it really brought parts of me a lot. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to be free. And I found a voice that I didn't even know that I had. Wow. And so he really um, took me almost to another level, which he didn't even think he was doing mm -hmm. because of just his, his personality. Yeah. So it's so interesting that we all have this picture and life really isn't that picture. 
you know, and, mm -mm. you know, you go through ups, you go through downs, you go through ups and downs, but I tell you, um, it's something about um, someone who knew you way back when. Yeah. Uh, someone who's seen not the great sides of yes. you. Yes. And they still say, I'm going to wake up with you the next morning. Okay. That's hey, I ain't done, baby. I know. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I'm always, I mean, the pajamas don't look like this really at the Hello. House, I'm just saying. Not so at all. The reality is to be able to accept you yeah. for all of that, yeah. that brings. Um, and I think it's important for, for young girls who are for Nissa's age yeah. to, to recognize that sometimes we have to be open. Yeah. Still have expectations. Absolutely. I, you know, know your expectations, Please. but it's not about what brand shoes he has on or, or that. It's, it's got to be deeper Has than to that be. because that's what's going to take you through the, the life. Absolutely. The trials of life. That loyalty is priceless. Regardless of anything my husband and I have ever gone through and overcome together, we've always been right there. Yes. When I've been sick, surgeries, tire flat, he going to fuss on his way because I told you yeah. already. Yeah. Gas run. I'm, I'm a Lord help me with that. One day I'm gonna get delivered, but child, I just be knowing I could keep going with that gas. But I call him and he right there. Now he might be, didn't I tell you? Yes, sir. But can you just put the gas in the car? Be quiet. Put the gas in. But he gonna still say what he got to say because he told me so. And it's cool. And please, can you just put your shoes away neatly, please? But you still gonna buy them. It's okay. But you know, that loyalty piece is, is so priceless. All that other stuff is cute. You can find anybody to go out to the movies with. You go to movies with you by yourself. That's right. But do you have that loyalty? That person that's going to be right there no matter what. You don't have to worry about nothing. And you can be comfortable around. You know, you can... Listen, if you still... You've been dating them for longer than a couple months and you still can't pass gas, something is wrong, sweetie. Okay? You... Something is wrong. You better get with it. Okay? We got to be able to do that. That's when you have found the right one. <laughs> Period. That's where you'd have found the one. Marry him immediately and go forth. Wow. Shucks. But until the end, you better not. <laughs> wow. All that's great insight. I'm taking a lot of notes. I'm telling you. <laughs> taking a lot of notes. So, along with all of your nonprofits, you are an author, as you mentioned. Author yeah. too. So, our book for this uh, Cookies and Milk and Book segment in our pajamas, we're going to talk about your book, okay. Our Moms. Such cute illustrations. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So what initially, other than your, your personal story, right. told you you needed to write a book about this? So outside of that, um, in my company, we do professional development. And so I was doing a training actually in Dallas in a, at a, a national conference for them and room full of teachers. And one lady in particular, she kind of stood up and, you know, she said, I had a kid who... Um, said in the middle of circle time that last night my mommy went to jail and I didn't know what to say and then there's another story where somebody popped up and they're like last night they said they went to see their daddy in college and everybody had on orange jumpsuits and I didn't know what to say to that because I knew that was a lie and so in the midst of all of the stories and pop-ups and you know how the popcorn effect just happens in the room I said okay I gotta do something you know I walked around in the exhibit room and I said okay I see all this stuff I don't see anything talking to this. I started looking at different books. You know, some have a roach, some have rabbits, some have different things, but this one I said would be different. And I needed to provide a resource to them so that all children felt like this book was for me. Um, and so it really was just that, doing doing that, seeing that problem and just wanting to create the solution, which is this. I always say it's more than a book, it's just like a resource for them so they'll know what to say when that hand goes up and they're questioned. Yeah. How many books have you published so far? 
Oh God. So this particular one, I was in another anthology and then my third one actually um, just came out last Black Friday. Yeah, so I'm excited. So <clears throat> the, um, you actually can get this through Amazon? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You can get it through Amazon, but I'd love you to get it on my site, quineafutrail.com, okay. that'd be great, yes. yes. Okay. Well, I definitely appreciate the language that's used in it, yeah. and I can see how it can be used as a resource. When you read it, and it just talks about the different ways that kids are told about mm -hmm. prison already, and then ways that it can be better, and then ways they can feel Absolutely. Like they're not alone. Absolutely. Um, I would imagine that situation, you would feel scared to talk to your classmates or mm -hmm. to your teachers, and mm -hmm. things like that. Were you able to talk to people in your life? Not really, because it was just so normal. You know, and I think now it needs to stop being as normal so that we can have those conversations, because what has happened is the numbers of how many parents are away have just steadily been on the rise. It used to be like 2014. It was one in 28. Now we have one in 14 children in the U.S. with a parent incarcerated. The number rises because nobody's talking about it. Nobody's trying to help these children or support them. And it's crazy because this impacts children's health and their well-being far greater than death or divorce. Mm -hmm. And to me, those would. But they don't because incarceration is this little taboo conversation that nobody likes to have. So whether it is a teacher, I've had a lot of social workers, foster care, um, parents and workers kind of use it and really tap into it, saying that it really has helped with that conversation. Mm. Yeah. Well, just the season to be jolly. I, I think it just would be a wonderful gift um, if you go on to the site um, and Maybe this isn't your story, but um, purchase a book, and it's a great stocking stuffer for a young child or teacher mm -hmm. who may have children in their classroom that they're trying to have this conversation with, and they just don't have the words to have the conversation. Absolutely. So, um, beautiful illustrations and, and very so easy cute. to read. Um, <laughs> so fantastic um, job. Thank you. So, Miss, our quote for the day. So, the quote that I have pulled for you ladies for today is by Max Dupree, and it says, we cannot become what we want by remaining what we are. Mm. And I feel like that ties in really well yeah, with, with your ideologies. Um, what do you think when you hear it? I love that. Read it one more time. We cannot become what we want by remaining what we are. Oh, yeah. You'll never see, you'll never see that end of the tunnel if you just stay right there. It's just like when we driving in the storm and we say, well, let me just pull over until it stops. But if you just keep going, you'll find out it ain't even raining over there, right? It's not even raining less than a second down the road if you would have just kept going through that storm. So yeah, you'll never even see it if you don't come out of where you are right now. I love that, good stuff. Always. We're always climbing to the next version of our best selves. Mm -hmm. And I think what's to come is far greater than what's behind <sighs> us. And so we have to continue to climb. Yeah. And never get weary, never just yeah. stop climbing. And it's not cliche. Mm -hmm. Like people, you know, sometimes you say that and people are like, yeah. yeah, people keep saying that, but they don't know what I'm going through. Mm, no, I'm saying. serious. Mm -hmm. If you just keep going, it's, it's waiting on you. You are also 
proud of the fact that you kept going. That's the yeah. thing. So it's not just what you get when you're there, but it's how you feel about the fact that you went through the fire. And you Absolutely. So um, Absolutely. I just never stop. Um, now, always, I, I believe, grow where you're planted. So, you know, be present where you are. Yeah. But never settle because there's still the best in us that, that um, we can continue to seek. Absolutely. Wasn't me. Same thing. All those really um, ring true for me. And kind of what you were talking about in the beginning about you have a choice to make mm -hmm. um, when you're in circumstances. Do you submit or do you move on? And it can be hard to do either, like you said. But people choose the um, passive option mm -hmm. to sit in it. Nice. Even though that's still hard, it requires less it does. and so making the active time. choice to not to move to keep it moving and if it doesn't feel like you're moving forward to keep moving yeah and that's one of the most important parts and like you said if you're just staying where you are you're definitely not going anywhere i love it i love it well you know this is a wonderful time of year it's actually my favorite time <clears throat> of year i i know that I am blessed to be surrounded with family and friends and I also recognize that not everyone is as fortunate so I just um, invite all of us to open our hearts open our thoughts and our prayers to, to everyone during this season um, that we would just be able to, to appreciate the little things around us yeah. and that we can bring joy to others who are around us so in closing, tell us about your, your events coming up, oh, etc. Yes, so I have two major ones happening. Um, so first is the nonprofit, um, which is Building Resilience in Communities. Um, we are all over social media as BRCINC underscore the number one. Um, we have our It Takes a Village toy drive and brunch that is going to serve over 300 children and families mm -hmm. right at Bannister Nissan and Chesapeake oh. from 12 to 4. Um, we're going to need all hands on deck. So um, if you can volunteer, if you could donate a piece of snow, we will take it. <laughs> So um, certainly email us info, I-N-F-O, at brcinc.org. Um, and our website is www.brcinc.org. The second thing that we have coming up is for the on the for-profit side. So I have my Unleash the Champion retreat oh. um, that is going to be coming up. It's actually going to be March 15th through the 17th. Um, it is to the 18th, but that's for Elite and those spots are taken. Sorry. So I think right now to date, we have like, two spots left. Um, so if anybody is ready for, and let me not say anybody, if a woman <laughs> that is watching um, is ready to truly heal, truly ready to go ahead and unleash that book, truly ready to learn how to monetize off of your story, truly ready to take that pain, turn it into some purpose, and now flip it into some profits. I'm your girl. We're going to be in Virginia Beach in Sandbridge. We have a beautiful house. It's going to be fun we're gonna have our jammies on um we got purpose and pancakes in the morning and wow. i mean it's gonna be some good stuff products and, okay. and mimosas or mocktails <laughs> so it's gonna be some good stuff um because you can't be a business owner you ain't got no pro no products okay mm -hmm. just let y'all know you're just expensive hobbyists at that point <laughs> <laughs> 
So the website for that is unleashthechamp.com. Um, unleashthechamp.com. You guys can apply there because it is an application process. Everybody's not welcome simply because it is a sacred space where we are going to be doing some work and some inner work. And so we want to make sure we protect that space. Yeah. So. Fantastic. See, Hampton Roads is the place to be. Yes. Wow. It's been a great time. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank, thank you, you for inspiring those who are watching and listening. Thank you both. I appreciate the time. Well, this has been another great episode of Power in Pajamas. Make sure that you are tuned into everything that's going on with us and you know when the latest episodes are uploaded. So go ahead and download SoundCloud, subscribe to Power in Pajamas, check us out on YouTube at Angela Reddix. You can follow her on Instagram at I am Dr. Ann Reddix, R-E-D-D-I-X. And you can follow me on Instagram at Nismas, N-Y-S-N-Y-S-S. And we will be looking forward to next episode. Our next episode will be our Merry Christmas episode. So hey, gather around, put on your pajamas. Who knows? You might see some reindeer. Who knows what's going to be going down in the, the, that episode. <laughs> Uh, but we look forward um, to joining uh, you for your holiday season. Take care. This episode of Power in Pajamas was sponsored by Just Picked Juices, located at 415 North Military Highway, Suite 15 in Norfolk, Virginia. Hey bosses, check out our next episode of Power in Pajamas where we talk to Dr. Stacy Otis Scott, also known as Dr. SOS. Uh-huh.